0: Be in your presence to hear. We are your audience, all of us, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for giving us this your presence in, in this appointment that we have continually to be in your presence to hear your word, to be able to enjoy your word, to be able to sing, to dance, to laugh, to applaud you, because certainly you are worthy to be praised and we love you and we honor you lord in jesus name amen and praise god amen 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 <clears throat> we're going to continue with our our message from yesterday that his word was with power and uh that's what we need to uh, know and appreciate about us too when we are anointed by god and we speak the word of god that word has power on it power to do what well we're going to explore some of the ways that the power of God shows up on our words. Yesterday we talked some about the origin of that thought that the Word was God and the Word was with God. That God and His Word cannot be separated. There is no Word of God that's void of power. It's all got power in it. Amen? And so it, it, and it has a fitting place, uh, in situations where that Word will be used and it will be needed. And it will manifest the good that God has for it to produce. Uh, so we talk too about Jesus getting power through his association with the Father. This power is from on high <clears throat> It is not an earthly power; it is a supernatural power from heaven. And so Jesus took all of his cues and instructions from the Father. He even talked about himself imitating the Father. He said, I do what I see the Father do. So they were in very close communication where the Father was demonstrating to Jesus what he needed to do in each and every situation that he was in. Jesus did it to show that we could could function in power being totally dependent on God. Amen. Uh, We don't have to know everything. We can live by faith. We can walk by faith. We can uh, allow God to to show us these things and to use us in such a mighty and a powerful way. But we don't have to know everything about the power. Amen. We We know in part, the Bible says. The other part, we have to trust God for. And so if God told us everything all the time, we'd be God. We'd be sitting down trying to boss him around, tell him what to do. So he compels us to live by faith and, and just trust him from day to day, moment to moment, hour to hour. So in, and we talked also yesterday about how, how we, we assume the power of God. It's through the anointing. We talked about the price that has to be paid for that. We saw that Jesus was tested. He went up into the wilderness, didn't eat for 40 days. And we agreed that fasting is one way to take on the power of God. Amen? Uh, and, And let it be a real fast. Don't let it be some kind of gimmick. Let it be something where you you and God understand, you discuss with him, uh, how you're gonna be empowered, be honest. If you know you ain't got nothing, tell them, God, I don't have nothing. Isn't that what Gideon said? And then God showed them, okay, well, I'm gonna work with you. They, he didn't, God didn't try to convince them they had something when they had nothing. If my little ankle was stronger, I'd get up and run across the room, but use your imagination. See, that's where the church fails. They pretend they have something when they have nothing. Because we think it's just a matter of imitating motions that we see. But what's hidden is the lifestyle that has to be imitated. Ow! I'm going to say it again. The hidden thing is what you need to find out about. See, people just don't get up and start preaching and working miracles without some kind of preparation and lifestyle behind the scenes. That's what we don't see and that's what we're not interested in. Oh! Huh? Because we want to believe it's a snap, it's real simple. All we got to do is jump up and do what we see other people doing. That is so common in the church. They want to prophesy, give everybody a word, you know, Sometimes they run out of words to to add to their words. They, ah, this is for somebody. You look up that phrase in the Bible; you won't find that ever being used, not by any real prophet of God. And go to town and say this is for somebody. They'd have stoned him to death, dragged him out to the edge of the town, and killed him outside the city. I said, we don't want your blood inside the city. Just go out here so we can kill you. Amen. So if God's gonna to talk to you, He knows you by name. He knows what you need. He knows what you just asked for. And He knows how to send you the answer. Amen. Sometimes He will need to use another voice, but oftentimes He don't need a middleman to talk to His kids. Amen. Just get in your Word and let Him start talking to you. Amen. Amen. So, so God, it's word is with power. That Jesus was different. He was unique. He was the firstborn. The, the Bible says for many brethren so many would follow him in the same thing but he ushered in a new move of the spirit a new covenant and we talked about the transition period between the old and the new. And but But whatever the transition was, what the new is doing is letting you know that now the just will live by faith. So faith triumphs over every other method, every other system. It always has, it always will. We're back to the days of Abraham before the law. Amen. Where God, God now writes his law on our hearts. Amen. Now you can read the Bible and get validation. In, in understanding of it and, and that's good. But God's gonna put what He wants you to obey on the inside of you. Amen? And He expects you to obey from the inside and to start understanding when the inside is speaking to you and not override it. Amen? Through confusion or through fear or, or through any of that stuff. Amen? He's gonna take, take you aside. Come here, sweetie. Yeah. Brianna can you come up Mr. Howard thank you Lord stop right there yeah okay that's good now the Lord is saying no more confusion for you okay honey no more he's speaking to you from your inner man no matter what anybody says to you no matter what outer voices say to you listen to the still small voice and stay in your word and you will always hear from him amen no more stumbling, no more bumbling, no more mistakes. This is all gonna be good, okay? Just trust that. Just trust it. Amen? Amen. See, that's for all of us. That, that He wants us to have that relationship with Him where we hear His voice, we know His voice, we trust His voice. Amen? That, that, that He wants us to be in that place of fellowship with Him. Trust, intimacy, all of those things, those are the things that are for us. Amen? They're for us. No exceptions. It's not for them people that know him so well. It's for you, darling. It is for you. Yeah. Amen. Nobody's left out of anything. And them people that know him so well need to act better if they know him that well. You You know what I'm saying? Come on, now. We all got work to do. But he's, he's a good God and he he wants to be your father. Amen. Praise God. So anyway, God's word is with power, makes a difference in the ears of the hearer. It always does. That word lingers. You know, I say that to encourage people who are praying for people and you think your prayers aren't really making an impact. Amen. I remember when, when I would question the Lord, I didn't, I thought I needed to see results. You know, walking by sight, cheating, supposed to be walking by faith. And I was dealing with a husband who hadn't committed to the Lord. And periodically I would say, God, did you talk to him? Did you tell him what I said? <laughs> you know, what else could I do? And God said, I tell him everything you tell me to tell him. <laughs> hmm, what's a new twist on things? Amen. <laughs> So, it's just that way. We have to be confident in the power that's in God's Word. We really, really do. And, and be more confident in it. Uh, be more committed to it. Uh, know that it is working. When we speak it, it won't come back and say, I couldn't do that. Right. Amen? That Word will always, that's a faithful Word. That Word will come to pass. It's always gonna work. It's, it's working even now. That word is following people. I tell people that all the time. I say, you really think you're just praying for a husband that's not committed and it's not going anywhere? That word is following him is when he goes into the bathroom to take a shower, that word meets him in the shower. Amen. When he gets in his car, that word meets him in the car. Same thing with wives. Amen. That word is working on everybody if you send it out in faith and confidence. So just allow God to do his work. He just wants us to, to partner up with him. He knows what he's doing. Amen. And don't sit up and think it's taking too long. Don't, don't put him on that street. Amen. I'm going to say it again. Cut that out because you're not in charge of time either. <laughs> he ain't in charge of nothing. So we need to just, you know, rest our little nerve and recognize who we are. You know, we're intercessors, if if we're faithful, we'll be partakers of it. But that word has got enough power to do everything. That word is going to end the world as we know it one day. You understand me? It's that powerful. So I'm sure it can take care of your little wayward, whoever's in your household. Amen. And take care of you too. While you fixing stuff, fix you. <laughs> huh? God help me not be so nosy and stuff. I don't have no power to do nothing with. And it's just all so fretful and also carrying on. Amen. So, so yeah, say a little prayer for yourself while you're in there. Amen. It's all good. So there is power in the word of God, unlimited power. That word works over and over and over again. It never wears out. It manifests just like it's freshly prayed every time it's it manifests. Amen. So Jesus was the first minister of the new covenant. We said John had to depart so there, there would not be two competing Gospels. You got me? One Gospel. And whoever's taking up the new needs to take up the new and run with it. And that's what Jesus did. He didn't look back, even though his John was his cousin. He was imprisoned and eventually beheaded. Jesus had to keep going forward with the good news. Amen. And he did that. So uh, Jesus was the new wine. He represented that. Amen. He was the first to pour the new wine. Duh. Wedding at Cana. New wine, no wine, old wineskins, new covenant, no old covenant. Got me. He was the first to pour it. And he kept pouring it. Amen. Poured it so much on Pentecost, they, they were supposed to be drunken. Amen. So what that means is he's the God of more than enough. El Shaddai, like of old. Amen. He's, there's, in other words, in this new anointing, there's more than enough power to do everything and fix everything that's wrong in the earth. More than enough. Because we're in overflow. Amen? The Bible says that, that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh and that there, w- we, we would be, have a wellspring within us springing up into everlasting life. A wellspring. Which a spring is something that has no beginning and no end. It never dries up. Amen. Because it's attached to something eternal. It's attached to the eternal fountain. The living water that Jesus told the woman at the well about. Amen. And so it will never thirst again. If you're thirsty, drink. Quit begging God to give you something. Amen. Start drinking. Amen. Drink from your own well. Amen. And so this is a new thing. This was something that was never done before. And for sons and daughters to prophesy, that means everybody, not just the priest, the prophet, and the king, as in the old. This was open to all who would believe. Amen. So this puts faith in the forefront. Those who believe the word of God and those who believe God are receiving of this new wine, this living water. Amen. So <clears throat> Jesus is God with us, amen, and, and, and with us at all times, never leaving us, never forsaking us. So he didn't just give us power or access to power and leave us to figure it out by ourselves. Why do people try to do that? We need to go to him and say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not sure what I'm doing. I don't know if this is right. I don't know if this is direction to go. I just don't know. Please direct me. Please show me. And he will direct and show us. Amen. He's not testing us to see if we studied enough word. He knows we didn't. And you know it too. So let's just move on to the real deal here. Amen. Jesus made people whole through the anointing. That's one of the properties of the anointing. It doesn't wreck people. Leave them in confusion. It makes them whole. Amen. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? First preach. So you got to release the word first before you see any signs following. Amen. Cannot see signs without the word. And it's up to God to manifest the signs when he decides to. But they should show up at some point if God's with you. Amen. And so uh, God will, will direct your words. He'll show you what to say, give you the words to say. Amen. So it's the foolishness of preaching that has won the world over to God. Still is, always will be. It's a preaching of the gospel. Amen. That, that is, is able to save people's souls. Amen. <clears throat> people are transformed by words. Mere words. The difference between God's words and man's words. You think about this. Some of the people who have, say, been influencers or tried to, say, indoctrinate people. Give them what to believe. Tell them to believe this only. You realize how much pressure they have to put on people over and over again, repetitive, to brainwash somebody and get them under their control? Where people can go and hear one sermon and be converted for life? See, that's the difference. We should never be afraid of people who use strong-arm tactics on people or undo it or say some, for instance you know your children grown children or small children get under the influence of some kids that you know you notice that bad people run in gangs because one by one they can be easily picked off amen but the minute you see a wrong influence coming into your child's life you take authority over it in the name of jesus you tell the devil to stop you don't have nothing to say to my kid amen you see, many parents now are rising up. One thing the pandemic did, it showed people what they were finding out, what their kids were being taught in schools. And it's not good. Amen. They dropped the read and writing. They, they, people don't even teach reading and writing. They teach indoctrination, how to think, what to say, and then they shame people if they're different. Amen. So your Christian children are being persecuted, and you've got to pray for them that God will uphold them so they can stand up under this persecution and scrutiny. And see, the devil sneaked all of this in. First thing he does is make it attractive for you to leave to your kids with somebody else. Takes two paychecks, remember that? It didn't used to. See, you buy into that stuff. All it takes is God providing for you. You see how brainwashed people are? So now people are having to go get their kids. They wouldn't trust these crazy people with their children transvestite story hour and you see parents standing outside the door of a library 10 deep trying to get in so their kids can be exposed to this the parents are as sick as the school people are now when did this get to be a norm in school see while people are trying to get the government to subsidize everything the government's paying, paying you off just so they can have control of your offspring. Why do they want control? So they can wreck everything. Well, I don't believe the government does that. Well, look around. Open your eyes. Amen. Is it getting better? Or is it getting worse? cost more money more time more tutors more help for your kids just to learn because you got a brain you got to cleanse their minds of all the stuff they've been polluted and put in there bullying didn't used to be a problem we had kids that thought they could run a school but two or three kids that told them they didn't cold cocked them in the alley behind the school and they still trying to get up and recover now we got to go on social media and whine and complain to everybody instead of taking care of things. My mother, we was all four girls. My mother didn't let us run from nobody. She saw us running up the stairs scared. What's wrong with you, girl? Ooh. Nothing, I guess. <laughs> I don't know who I'm more scared of, the bully of my mother. Understand what I'm saying? Huh? You better get back down the stairs. Don't you let nobody chase you in this house. You got me? This is just common sense, folks. This isn't, you don't need to go on YouTube and get 15 videos to find out how to take care of that kind of stuff. And then we have authority. You, you're a Christian. You got authority over the devil's works. And I'm not talking about hyping yourself up and pretending like you Huh? I hate Satan. Well, you better tell him. Be telling me you hate him. Go prove it. You hate him, go hit him. <laughs> go knock him down. I don't care about your opinion about him or anybody else. Go do something. Huh? The religious always scared everything. Talk about stuff instead of talking to it. That's why they keep gossip going. You know, they love that kind of, they well, like talk about stuff. Feel your ear with junk and try to push you to go tell somebody off for uh, them. Get you, get you in trouble. <laughs> Amen! We're not ignorant of his devices, so stay away from him. Go get in your word. Go get you some power to do something with. Amen. (laughs) So Jesus had to contend for the faith when he was in the wilderness fighting the devil with the word. It is written, not I'm making it up as I go along. It is written. Find out what's written and tell him what's written. If you don't know what's written, just tell him, hmm, Mr. Devil, hold on a minute. Excuse me. Let me go get my Bible and find out what this is. But go get you something. Get you something real. Amen. And come and bust him upside his head with it. And keep moving. Don't stand there and. Try to do some victory dance and tell everybody about it all day long. Just keep moving. My goodness. You know, we need to have good common sense sometimes. You don't sit up and brag about. If you're using somebody else's power, you don't have nothing to brag about. So Jesus contended for the faith on our behalf. So that he did not give away his power and authority that he would come into after he had paid the price for our deliverance. After he had gone to the cross on our behalf, he would inherit the kingdom. That means the whole world. Amen. He would have power in heaven and earth and under the earth. He would spoil principalities and powers. You know what spoil means? Take what they got to the victor belong the spoils amen the spoils of war is the the bracelets and trinkets and stuff remember they used to drag get them off them dead bodies and take them amen that's what you were fighting for for real stuff huh nowadays we sit up and wait for the (laughs) the lawyers to go to court and get us but by the time you go through court they got a third of it. They've stripped it already before you can get to it. Do you understand me? So learn how to get get what the devil uh, has, has taken from you uh, now. Just sit up and wait for something to come on now. It's just so cheesy. If it's yours, get it now. Amen. Real simple. And And work. For what you, you need. You don't work, you don't eat. God will make a way for you to be able to prosper. There's always a way for people to prosper. Don't think you can't. Amen. <clears throat> so, so Jesus contended and fought the devil on our behalf. What he did in the wilderness, he did for us. When doing anything for himself. So, and he, in, in that place defeated the enemy so he could receive the anointing. We talked about this. There's some testing that we go through before God anoints us. Amen? And, and as we resist the enemy, we can take on more of God's power. You, you get to the place where you start getting in your Bible for two and three hours at a time and don't eat half a day and see if you won't be different ah uh, see if you won't be different see we want to grab a scripture here and a scripture there well well you get what you get out what you invest in it but you sit down and deal with God and work with him on things and and allow him to show you how he's going to prepare you for things always be interested in doing more don't get to the place where you're dragging your feet and don't want to do this and don't want you know don't don't cheat yourself out like that you know when I was a a brand new Christian at home, I read my Bible at least six or eight hours a day. I was just hungry to feel peace that was the only place I felt peace, and I haven't really deviated a whole lot ministry. Getting getting involved in ministry caused it to be decreased and maybe compressed. But I know where God found me, and I know when I get stuck somewhere how to get out of a rut. I go back to where he found me, not eating until 6 o'clock, and reading that Bible the whole time my eyes were away. I don't turn that TV on. That's the devil. You know, I'll get me a little break just to see what's new on there and, and stay out of trouble with it. But I'm just telling, I'm not bragging. This is survival for me, folks. You gotta learn how to survive. When God gives you something to do, you can't just do it piecemeal. I quit having anything else to do on Saturdays and Sundays over 35 years ago. I don't have anything else to do. I'm booked up. See these fly around people that, you know, get a couple of scriptures and go off want to prophesy. That's just, that's vulgar to me. That is so cheap compared to what God has done. He sacrificed for us and you gonna go cheap like that? I need some from God. I know how to get it. You gotta know that too. And you can know it. Get in that place where you don't, there's nothing else but you and God and you don't care if you ever come out again. You got me? So if Jesus can do it, we can do it. Quit finding stuff to do. Putting off what you know you need to do. Things that we've, got got us started in, we put them on the shelf, we haven't finished them yet. Get that stuff down and start working on it. And if you don't have nothing, ask God to give you something. You understand what I'm saying? Use me, Lord. What happened to that? See, everybody wants to be famous nowadays. Get on YouTube and start spouting off crazy stuff and looking crazier. Crazier. And I don't know what—I don't even know what this controversy is about with Beyonce. And but I don't even speak her name. She ain't unless I'm praying for her. But she ain't even in my club. Why is she in the club of most of the Christians now on social media? I'm with Paul. Ye are yet carnal. Thank you, spiritual. Let's get a grip, folks. Jesus died a horrible, bloody death to give us power and authority over the devil. And let's not squander it. Talking trash and talking nonsense and degrading his body. Then the next thing you know, they're only asking for prayer because they're sick. Paul said, that's why you're sick. You don't discern the holiness of the Lord's body. Get on there and talk about Christians like we're nothing. Well, the thing that's wrong with the church, you there's nothing wrong with the church. Who are you to criticize another man's servant? We don't work for you, we work for God. I answer to him, I don't answer to the the little people on there think they all that prophesy all the time and ain't nothing come to pass check somebody's records to see if any of that stuff has happened yet <laughs> you know you, you you read the Bible you think about this now the Bible says the gift of prophecy is for what edification what else exhortation what else comfort does it say predicting the future okay. Right. So here, I need another coat on my, coat of polish on my nails. <laughs> we got a claw at them devils, y'all. It's rough out there. You talking about living a holy life. It's going to take some effort, folks. You can't do it dibbling and dabbling in all kind of different places. You gotta stay, stay with what God gives you. So, Jesus started this. He was the new wine, amen, uh, that was being poured out on all flesh. Everybody that wants it can, can drink of this water freely, can drink of this wine freely. You can have so much of the Holy Ghost, you just get off into another zone. Amen. And it's all legal. It's all planned by God. Sometimes you need to be off in a Holy Ghost coma somewhere. Some of the stuff people doing out here. You know you need an escape. Need a place, a, a refuge, a hiding place. My goodness. <clears throat> so. <clears throat> God is able. To put that same anointing on us in the measure that we can receive it. Amen. In the measure that we can receive it. Allow yourself the opportunity to stay prepared to receive more from God. Because the old is getting old. Every day. And the new is being mixed and measured so that we can go forth in the things of God. Unhindered. Unrestrained. And living up to the full capacity that God has given us to live up to. So God wants us to allow the word of God to mix with our faith. And then the anointing comes forth when he puts us in a position to work for him and to do things for him. It's called unction. And when we have an unction of the spirit to move forward and do things, God is with us. That unction means He is with you. You don't have to doubt. If you're confused about whether you should pray for somebody, don't do it. You know, just, that's somebody else's thing to do, if at all. Amen. And so allow God to open that door and, and let yourself be prepared, pre-prepared for it. It's good to partner with God so that He can, you can be expecting Him to open doors. You can be expecting Him to say things. Amen. So so God wants us to be transformed, amen, to walk with him and understand the things that he wants us to do by the power of his spirit. So I'm gonna we'll go through a couple of examples here in the Word so you can see how the power was on the word of God and, and the anointing was there to do the works of God without fail. Whenever God calls you to do something, he must equip you. And in order for you to be equipped, you have to submit to that. Amen. Equipping is, is more or less kind of a passive um, activity. You just receive your spiritual equipment as you yield to God. And he gives you what he knows you need, not what you think you want. That looks real cool on somebody else. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm just like you. I I like cool stuff, too. But I haven't got much of it. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) And sometimes you have to work up to cool. Sometimes you just got to be you. Amen. And let him anoint you. And then you can work up to cool and exotic. But, but my thing is, don't go for cool. Go for, Stay in the servant mode, amen? Stay in the place of desiring to serve and be thankful for what God has given you, amen? Don't ever be complaining about anything that he gives you. Now, I know people who have talked themselves out of the gift of tongues because they didn't think it was good enough because it wasn't like somebody else's. You got me? So the devil has all kind of slick ways of robbing people of what God has given to them. So you don't compare yourself with anybody else. You receive, humbly receive and thankfully receive what God has given you. Amen. And just ask him how to work with it. Amen. It's like if, if you, if you start working for a law enforcement and they issue you a gun, don't go twirling around and acting like you <laughs> <laughs> They throw you out of there so fast. They said, "Now we let one slip in here that wasn't wrapped too tight." So let's, Huh? They have to teach you all kinds of things, gun safety. Amen. What what comprises a gun? Make you b- break it down, put it together again. Amen. And and keep yourself from hurting yourself with it, and your fellow patrolmen. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Don't be the Dick Cheney of the police department. <laughs> Remember he went hunting with some buddies and shot his friend? Well, <laughs> they was out there hunting. Don't, don't let that be your legacy. Amen. You can do better than that. And it's the same thing with the word. Don't be the person that's always misfiring on the word. Amen. Yeah. Always trying to jump in there and act like you got it all going on and Calling stuff out and calling stuff in, leave that stuff alone. Amen. Let's go and pray a prayer of agreement. Pray the word. Huh? You don't have to have a, a word of knowledge, you know, or a prophecy or a word of wisdom. Just pray the word. That's the knowledge and the wisdom that's gonna get them what they need. Amen. You have to act like you're the pipeline to God and He give you special something for somebody. Amen. Now if the gift is working, it's working. And it's a blessing to people. But you don't have to be gift all the time. You can be a greer, you know, prayer of agreement. Amen. Amen. So, so, it, and you know what I found too a lot? That the word of knowledge works a lot with unbelievers. Now I have more words of knowledge and prophecies when we hit people on the street than I do on the average in here. You know what I'm saying. You guys are under the word. You don't need a sign. You know God. You got me? But if he has a word for you, I'll give you that. You got me? I don't hold anything back. But but it works pretty reliably with people out there in the world. Because it is a sign for unbelievers. Amen? Okay. All right. So you a believer, right? Am I in the right crowd? I got the right crowd? That's what I thought. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, <clears throat> Jesus always pulled himself aside to, to talk to the Father. And this is important in, in receiving the anointing. It comes directly from heaven to you. The anointing also comes through association. Well, now, if Jesus went alone with the Father, he was what? Associating with him too, right? Yeah. So it comes the same way with us. The only person that had something powerful enough to give Jesus was the Father. We have gifts. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. We have other believers. Sometimes that God will connect us with for strength and, and fellowship and all those kinds of things so the anointing is received through association time spent with people who are anointed amen in the right kind of fellowship you, you understand what i'm saying it's don't nobody follow nobody home you you, you understand what i'm saying let god <laughs> waiting for some mantle to drop i ain't dying today okay Am I right, Poppy? I'm gonna live long. I got some more years. Yes, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. So, Amen. That we all do. So, so, you know, you you distance yourself from people on an everyday basis, but then you want they mantle when they. You understand what I'm saying? Ain't bought a tape. Ain't listened to a sermon. Don't even read the Facebook post that night. Huh? How you gonna get anything? See, that kind of association, that's very important. It's very important. I'm not trying to run some fan club. I put that out there for you guys as well as people on social media. Make sure you check in and hear what God wants to reveal to you and what He wants to say to you. Amen? I put some cool stuff on there. I don't know why y'all walling y'all eyes at me like I'm, she want us to do it. we here twice a week already. Well, you get twice a week and every night. And get the app, too, so you can help some of your little friends that need something so bad. You understand what I'm saying? Learn how to avail yourself of everything. That's association, folks. You want something from God, you gotta associate the right way. People are always looking for something else and they haven't eaten what's before them. Huh? You know your mother would kill you if she found you at the neighbor's house at the dinner table and you didn't eat at all. You'd be stretched out for days. Huh? Number one, it's rude. I'm going to say it again. Number one, it's rude. Not to partake of what's made available to you through your own pastor. All this love is waiting for you. Now, who read that on Facebook. See, nice. Some of y'all just singing De barge. <laughs> Cut it out. Huh? Cool stuff. I got cool stuff on there. Thank you. And I forgive you if you didn't read it, so start reading it. Amen. You learned something. And you never know how God honors your obedience and what obedience he honors so he can anoint you. (laughs) That's so you don't go through picking and choosing and say, well, I'm not going to listen. She put that up there before. I'm not, you know, I don't like that stuff she put on there at nighttime. I'll skip that. Huh? You never know what he's looking for you to get involved in. In order to empower you. Unless of course you think you got enough power in God already. You don't need anymore. Huh? So Jesus associated with the father to draw. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding. And to obey what he got from the father. Got all of his instructions from the father. And the Holy Ghost manifested his words everywhere that he went. The word must be mixed with faith. As you mix words with faith, you begin to call things that be not as though they are. It's the only way that faith works. And you expect your words to come to pass. So this is something new for believers, that we expect our words that we speak to come to pass. That means we don't we don't express any fear. We don't express any doubt. We don't express any disappointment. We don't express any condemnation, and and uh, accusation. We don't express things like that. We use our words to express the will of God and the will of God alone. And and so if those things go through your mind, you know, you can have a lot of things go through your mind, but you don't mix your faith with them and you certainly don't speak them. You can have all kind of crazy stuff in your head if it's never spoken and it's never believed it dies. You can extinguish a lot of, of wrong thinking, a lot of religious thinking and errant thinking just by not giving it any time, any credence. Mixing any faith with it and certainly not expressing it. But what you do believe will come out of your mouth. So when it comes out, you got to check yourself. Amen? Just say, you know, God, I didn't even know I thought like that. I didn't even know I believed that. I repent of that. Let me get that word back. And let me get in the word myself and start believing you for what you want to do in my life. Not this nonsense that comes to mind. So we must mix the word with faith. We must confess with our mouths what we believe in our hearts. The Bible says the word of God is near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Amen. So you confess the Lord Jesus Christ, what he says, and believe in your heart that that word will come to pass. It will come to pass. Amen. Amen. When you believe God raised him from the dead, that means that word has power on it. It's not just a dead word. It's not an opinion. And it's not just you talking. That is God's word and he will honor it. Amen. So we must see the word confirmed with signs following at some point. Which means when you pray, you must get answers to prayer. Those prayers have to be answered. If you're praying in faith, you have to see results. When you lay hands on people, they must recover, amen. And in, in order for God to be with you, if you're in doubt, stay in the Word till the doubt leaves. That doubt won't stay forever. You keep feeding that doubt with the Word, and see if he won't get he won't get swelled up and go run off somewhere. Doubt can't handle the Word. They can't stay in the same vessel at the same time. So you renounce doubt. Say, God, I'm not, I'm not going to doubt you anymore. Forget that it's you asking. That's what I always tell people because one of the things that, that people get hung up on is, will God do it for me? And we all say yes until you go three or four months still without it. And then you start to, what did I do wrong? What's wrong, God? Nothing's wrong. He's trying to make sure you believe it. If he ain't sure you really believe it after two months, you got to go three. If he's not convinced after three, you must go four. Hello? Why? Because you got to obey the word. The just shall live by faith every day. Not just when you need something for three months and then you walk off and leave it, you live by faith every day. Every day. Am I right, Poppy? We try to get off of, of it sometime, don't we? Before we know it, we right back on there again. You get over there and that, I'm cool and I done prayed already and the stuff started drying up and you right back on, you're the pitter paddle of little feet going right back over on your word. <laughs> Hiding in the cleft of the rock. <laughs> it's me standing in the need of prayer. Nobody told you to walk off and try to be cool anyway. Amen. So God makes sure we live by faith. He ain't letting you get too far away. He's got too much invested in us to let us go out and squander it. Amen. And he wants to keep investing more in us. Why? Because he values us. The fact that he died for you ought to tell you you're valuable. Always running around for people. I see people with 15 different selfies on Facebook every day looking for comments. But yet they're going to drop notes about how secure God makes you so secure and He's my identity? I don't think so. Prove it. Take them selfies down. If he's your identity, forget about putting a picture of yourself up there every day. Well, okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about the centurion, okay? Talk about God's word being with power. And people got to recognize that. We've got to recognize the power on God's word. Let's go to Luke. I won't go to that one in Luke chapter 7. I think we'll do well with that one. In verse one, it says he entered into Capernaum and a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard, you gotta hear first, folks. And for believers, you gotta hear and hear and hear and hear and hear. You gotta hear to the degree that you drive everything else out. That's contrary to God's word. Who was dear to him, was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, see, when you hear something and you mix what you hear with faith, that's all you need. That's your pass to get into God's door. That's your way in. I don't care who you are. God is never a respecter of persons, but he must respect faith. That's all he sees. When we come up to his throne room, all he sees is whether or not you believe. Amen. That's all that's necessary. Thank God he's not looking at who we are, what we did, what we've done, what our potential is, all that stuff that we think is so important. He's just looking at, do you believe me? You got permission to be here. Access granted if you have faith. And so this centurion heard, and he said, oh, wow, this man doesn't have to die. If I can get Jesus just to, to cooperate with me a little bit, my servant is going to live. And he says, he heard of Jesus. He sent to, unto him, and when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal the servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying, "That this man was worthy, that he should come." You think that made a difference to Jesus? Now think about it. This man, number one, the reason he sends somebody else is that he don't know nothing about no Jewish law. He don't. Uh, he's in uncharted territory. He's trying to make sure his message gets, gets across. So he's going in a route that he thinks is going to get Jesus's attention. That's all he wants is to make sure the message gets there. And, and when they came to Jesus, they said, Oh, oh, you know, he's worthy. He says he loves our nation. He helped build a synagogue and he's done all this works. So Jesus goes with them. And when Jesus was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him saying to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself. For I am not worthy. In in spite of what they just told you to build me up to make you come, I'm telling you right now, I don't have to take, I don't have anything to credit me in this situation. I have nothing. Why do we let the fact that we have nothing stop us from asking? We, you know, as believers, we're yet looking for credentials. You know what I'm saying? Did I do this right? Sometimes you just need to, in your condition you're in, just cry out to God. Jesus, help me. I'm praying till my tongue is falling out. I'm confessing everything. I'm confessing the woodwork, the wallpaper, and the the dim lights in the kitchen i'm confessing everything and everybody and it's still not happening rescue me i'm not worthy i'm trying to make myself worthy but i know i'm not so this man starts cleaning it up he sees all these people Propping him up and telling him how wonderful he is. He said, no, this is a holy man. That ain't going to work here. I mean, the centurion has that much sense. He got more sense than the religious people. He said, I didn't even think myself. He said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come to you. That's why I sent these losers. So why do you think, what makes Jesus show up? Huh? Mumble, mumble. Who said what? Yeah, but you know what? What moves him to is compassion? He hears about somebody sick dying. That's enough. That's enough for you too. See, the Bible says he will have compassion on whom he'll have compassion and mercy on whom he'll have mercy. So Jesus gets there based on his desire to help this man's servant. He looks past all this stuff. They keep propping this man up and tell him how wonderful he is. Jesus don't pay no attention to that. All he knows is there's a man sick near the point of death and somebody has summoned him. So compassion, he's always, compassion will move you. It will cause you to get up and go toward that situation and that thing that needs your help. So once he's moved and gets to the house, he says, the man starts talking to him. Jesus, please don't trouble yourself. I don't know what these men are talking about that I'm doing this and that. That don't buy me nothing. And I don't want it to buy me nothing. Because I know this man's healing cannot be purchased. Amen? So he cleans that up. And he says, I didn't even think myself worthy to come to you. But if you say in a word, my servant will be healed. So this is where the faith shows up. You got me? Compassion moves him toward. Faith causes him to act. He says, just say the word. He said, and I'll tell you why I'm saying this. He says, I am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers, and I say to one, go, and he does it. And I say to another, come, and he, and he, to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, until Jesus heard these things, that man was still sick and dying. In other words, this man's, this centurion's money that he used to help build a temple didn't move God. All these people propping him up didn't move him. Faith finally moved him. If this man had not spoken up this way, we wouldn't even be reading about this. You understand what I'm saying? And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about and said to the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. And they that were sent returning to the house found the servant whole that had been sick. Amen. So Jesus has to have all of this for the anointing to flow and prosper and do its work. It's got to have all these things working with it. Remember, faith without works is dead. Add to your faith what? Virtue, patience, all of these other things. You need helping fruit of the Spirit to get the job done. See, a lot of people think they just have to have faith. I I got faith, I got faith. What you add something to it? What you got you adding to it? What you mean, what I said? Go look it up in your Bible and come back when you got the other stuff. Oh, you think you don't have to add virtue to your faith. Why do you think you have to pray for so long for certain things or believe for so long for certain things? God's adding stuff to that. Faith is definitely necessary and definitely powerful, but it's also a little weak because it needs helpers to prop it up. You have works to go at your faith or it's dead. It's by itself. The Bible lets you know that. One of our, 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 I would say deficiencies in teaching faith is that we have pushed it up to the front of the line so that we think we just need to have it by itself. That's why we'll sit up and confess the word and then get frustrated that it doesn't move God. Huh? You gotta add to your faith. You know what? God would rather you quit trying to impress him with your confession and just talk to him. And get some understanding and not try to have so many answers for him. He's the answer guy. He wants to give us what we desire. But we're not going to be one trick ponies running around here because you're going to run out of steam real fast. Look at all the people from the faith movement who are sitting on the sidelines. And they can't understand why they can't push to a million this or a hundred thousand that and all that kind of stuff with their faith. If that number is not ordained for you by God, you ain't getting it. You get it for a season and then slip away from you. You wonder what happened. So just be thankful. Be thankful God supplies all your needs. You're not lacking anything. You have everything you need in God. Amen. So the centurion knew Jesus' word was with power. When you get that figured out, that the, the power is in the word of God. And, and once that word is is hidden in your hearts, as, as Proverbs 4 tells us, hide it in your heart. And it's life. It, life springs out of that when you find that word. Amen? And what does it mean, find the word? when When you come up against something that's threatening your health or your life, inside of you, that word comes up. You found it. You hid it in there. Now you're producing it, and now it's working for you. Amen? So so this man knew. How did he know this? See, this is something we got to make up our minds. We're going to start doing this more. You know, this man shows you how he knew this. He studied it. He didn't have to go out of his comfort zone to study it either. See, we make sometimes spiritual things so hard for this. This man went right in his memory bank of how, how he runs his operation. And he says, now this man is not working off of human power. That was the first thing he realized because humans don't heal people off of human power. Amen. They don't, you know, physicians use pills, but they may or may not work and probably take you a long time to do it. This man said, I ain't got time to waste. This man is dying. I got to get him some help now. Now, how does he get that help? He says, now, wait a minute. This man, Jesus, tell me more about him. And they say, yeah, he, he preaches and he talks. And, and so maybe he'd heard about some healings that Jesus had performed and he sees plus if he's ever heard him preach, he knows that word is powerful just the way it hits you. Amen. He knows there's something different about this man. He said he's working under an authority that's bigger than human. Just like I w- operate under authority that's bigger than me. Amen. He said Caesar don't have time to come here and manage everything, so he delegates his power to me. Amen. And that's how things get done. Not by my power, but by his power. Amen? And so that's what we need to understand. It's not by might or by power. By his spirit. Amen? And and we don't have anything. All we have to do is be as yielded vessels. You can't take credit for any of this stuff God does through you. Amen? Neither can I. So the centurion did what we call meditate. He began to process things differently put it together in his mind, he said, you know what? He operates the same way I do. I get power from a higher place. Caesar is in charge of everything. You don't buck Caesar. He's the highest that you can go to. He said, and this man is doing the same thing, except he's got more power than Caesar does. Caesar can't heal my sick servant. So I'll go over and above. And this is what we need to do. We need to spend more time with God Understanding how things work. Don't be so quick to run and try and get results. But take a little time to understand how they work. How does God work with his word? When he puts his word inside you, it starts to, to move inside of you. Move things out that aren't like it. And move things in that you need. That word that's it's powerful. It's quick. It cuts asunder soul from spirit joints from marrow. It's a discerner of your intent of your heart. My goodness, that's a deep work. That takes care of everything you need. If you ever doubt if your motive is right, that word, put some more word in there. Get in your Bible. Let God show me what's in here. I need to get rid of stuff. I could unload a few things here. And so so the centurion then was able to get his servant healed because he understood that Jesus' word was with power, it was not an earthly power, and it was a power to heal. And after Jesus told him that that he received what he was saying, he went home and that servant was healed. Amen. In Acts chapter 2, I want to show you a few examples of this word with power on the, the life of the disciples. Because that's who we are. Amen. If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Amen. You'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And the truth will translate into power. Amen. So in Acts 2 and verse 21, here's Peter preaching and he's interpreting what just happened when the spirit fell at Pentecost. Interpretation is a gift of the Holy Ghost. It is not something you figure out in your mind. Amen. You'll come up with the wrong answer. Now we we say yes and all that. But that's how most churches are run. People figuring out what it means on their own. I ask God what's going on. That's why a lot of churches you'll go to. They'll tell you Jesus doesn't heal anymore. Healing went out with the disciples. Or we don't believe that anymore here. Oh tongues, that's of the devil. Amen. Now you guys are living it up because you don't have, you're not exposed to that. But in the 80% of the Christian world, they settle in on traditions and they, instead of them preaching health and healing, they don't preach it. And that's why it never shows up. If they preach it, it'd show up in some of the deadest churches there are because God will always confirm his word. But you got to get it out your mouth first. So instead of them preaching it and trusting God to show them if it's still for today, they sit up and make some kind of crazy excuse about it. God doesn't heal everybody. Or maybe he doesn't want you to be healed. Well, we'll ask him and see. You hear that kind of attitude? Please keep going. Please, for your own sake, if you care about yourself. And anybody else you might be praying for. Keep it moving. Amen. So here the disciples are. He says, Peter interprets, he says, it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. That word is with power to save. That word save also means healed. It also means delivered from from trouble, from tragedy, from whatever. Just the name of Jesus is with power. Amen. And it's power to do the will of God, to save you, to bring you out of trouble, to bring you into the kingdom. Amen. All of those stuff, all of that stuff begins to happen because of the word of God and the, the name of Jesus has power in it. And. Peter goes on to continue to preach to them and he begins to tell them the story of Jesus and, and that he was a prophet and mighty in word and in deed and, and he was put to death uh, by the the uh, religious people of that day. And in, in verse 36 he says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus that you crucified both Lord and Christ, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? So that word has power to prick men in their hearts. That's why people get mad at you sometimes when you talk to them. People like to be comfortable. They don't like to be pricked. Even if it's for their good. But this crowd had the right reaction to it. He said, what shall we do? Peter said to, to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. So this is different from John's baptism. Amen. Pre- he's, they're baptized in the name of Jesus for what? Remission of sins. Amen. John's baptism kept them in a place of preparedness to receive. Jesus and his message. This one's different. This is a New Testament baptism. He says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and all that are who are fall off, afar off and all the Lord shall call. Verse 41, then they gladly received his word and were baptized. And the same day was added to as many souls as, as God wanted. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. Now, when the word of God is received with gladness and through humiliation and repentance, the results are good. People get saved. People join in. They, they become a part of the church. Their sins are forgiven. They're happy. All of that good result comes. But there are different reactions to it too. Amen. There are different ways to react to the word of God. And so it says here um, in verse forty-six they had all things in common. They had they rejoiced, it says, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house. They did eat their meat with gladness and singleness as heart. These are all these new converts. Amen. So they received the word with gladness. They were pricked and converted, but that let that, they let that work repentance into them. And they became members of the church. Amen. It, and they had all things in common. Nobody forced anybody to do anything. They were all with gladness and one accord. Amen. In over in, in, uh, thank you, Lord. Chapter four. In verse 32, it says, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that any of the things that they possessed was his own. So there was no jealousy over stuff. There was no fighting. Could you imagine? A church where everybody gives everybody stuff and nobody has to force anybody to give any, you don't have to manipulate money out of people. It says, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's easy to do when you're on one accord. Neither was there any among them that lacked for as many as were possessors of lands or houses, sold them and laid the money down at the apostles' feet. And they gave everybody according as they were needed. Amen. Then over in verse chapter 5, you have the Ananias and Sapphira thing. Amen. So you have the first breaking of, of one accord in the group. Amen. So the devil finds a way to get in there. People compete with each other. They want to be known as the people who give, but they don't want to give. Amen. You want the reputation without the work. So here we have the apostles begin to preach again over in chapter 5 and verse 32. Peter's preaching. He says, and we are witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost whom God has given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart. Same thing as this last group was. The group that became the church had everything on one accord. All things common, lots of fun, praying, breaking bread, having a good time. They were cut to the heart and took counsel to kill them. So the same word that saved people that they heard with gladness. Here we got people that hear it without gladness and they want to get up and kill the apostles. That word is with power. It doesn't matter how people receive it. Never ever think that people don't hear the gospel when they get mad at you. When they start running from you or they shun your family gatherings, they don't come when you invite them, all that kind of stuff, honey. They heard it. They're pricked, but they're not receiving it just yet. But I can tell you one thing, when that word works on them with power, the word that word will not quit and say, I couldn't say baby and man man them because I didn't have enough power. That word will stay on them, and if it has to follow them to a crack house and save them when they're dying of an overdose, they will get saved. Do you understand what I'm saying? Whether or not that word has power depends not on the reaction to it, amen? But that word always has power because the anointing makes sure of it, amen? All right, we can quit. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the power that's on your holy word. Thank you, Lord, that your word, there is no word that's void of power. It's all got power in it. From the jot to the till, from the maps to the concordance, everything has power on it, Lord. And we thank you for it, that you have made us recipients of your word. You've made us reservoirs of your word. You've made us ministers of reconciliation through your holy word. So, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. We bless you. We praise you for it. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory in the highest. We praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory in the highest. We praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come unto me, the Lord, saying, come unto me. I've been inviting you in for some time now, says the Lord. Come unto me. You're laboring. You're heavy laden but yet you continue to try to do it yourself I'm saying come unto me let me begin to minister to you let me light your load let me take all of it away from you and see how light I want you to live I want you to live in freedom I want you to live in a place where there's no heavy labor I want you to live in a place where the burden bearing is mine and not yours says the Lord shift that over unto me. Just transfer that that burden over to me, that care, that worry, the fear of lack, everything, the fear of the future. Let me have that, says the Lord. And I will show you how I want you to live. This is not something I can merely tell you. I must show you. I can only show you when you come to me and let me have it. Everybody say this. Say, Lord, I cast my burden on you. I cast my care upon you because you care for me. And I trust you to take care of me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's it. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you that you are the great burden bearer. You didn't give us burdens. The enemy gives them to us. We pick them up ourselves. But, Lord, we thank you that you are the great burden bearer. And we let it all go. And we thank you, Lord, for blessing us with divine health, divine peace, peace in our souls, peace in our, our members, peace in our bodies, Lord. Peace all around. We thank you for it. And we bless you for it. In Jesus' name, praise God. Anybody needs prayer, I'll pray for you.